Today on CityCast Boise, happy Friday! I'm chatting about the news of the week with reporter Heath Drusen and lead producer Frankie Barnhill. We remember a former Democratic lawmaker and share a PSA about our triple-demic. Plus, Heath almost gives away his favorite hot springs. It's Friday, December 9th, 2022. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is CityCast Boise. All right. Well, let's start with some very sad news. Uh, The passing of former Idaho State Representative High Clock. He was uh, an amazing person, a champion of human rights, the child of Holocaust survivors, and just an all-around compassionate and kind presence in our community for so many years. Frankie, I saw you shared his PBS Idaho Experience story, and I hadn't seen that before. It's really powerful. Yeah, I think this was a recent interview, too, like just a couple months ago that they recorded this with him. So um, very timely. And it's beautiful. We'll definitely link it in the show notes. But yeah, he talks about his story and the story of his family. Yeah, he was born in a displaced persons camp um, in Germany right after World War II. And his parents were both uh, Polish Jews and they were in the Holocaust. Um, His dad actually even fought the Nazis. And, uh, you know, his parents were able to survive, but they lost basically the rest of their family. And to me, one thing that just strikes me about this is he's the son of Holocaust survivors. So not only have we lost, you know, most Holocaust survivors themselves have passed on. Now we're starting to lose that second generation who were connected, who had parents and who told them stories, who had the the numbers tattooed on their arms. And uh, I feel like that's really scary and a little bit uh, and very, very sad. I mean, it's great, of course, that we're moving further and further away from that tragic event, of course. But uh, it's a little worrying because we have seen this rise in obviously anti-Semitism and also Holocaust deniers. Yeah. And he recently spoke out about the importance of community involvement and for standing up to the growth of Holocaust denialism. And he said, these people, you can't really talk to them. The more I see going on today, the more dire I think the situation is. And Heath, you have like a whole podcast about rising extremism and anti-Semitism. Do you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jewish journalist here, um, I'm definitely, aside from covering it, I have certainly noticed that and seeing High Clock's passing and his connection there, I think that what you guys are talking about is absolutely connected. Um, the farther away we get from the Holocaust and the fewer people that we have in America who have that direct link, I think it becomes easier for these groups and um, and just sort of individual bigots to question whether the Holocaust happened, to just start saying nakedly anti-Semitic things. I think as that memory fades, um, unfortunately, it becomes easier to just sort of repackage all those old arguments. I mean, we're hearing a lot of arguments, uh, a lot of anti-Semitism that has real echoes of the the 1930s. And it's it's really scary. It's really scary. It's something, um, you know, my um, 
my grandparents' generation, um, a lot of them died in the Holocaust. My father, you know, I grew up with him kind of warning me about stuff like this. And I'll be honest, I was pretty flippant about it. And um, now I'm, I'm seeing it in America, which is a little bit shocking. And um, I'm kind of reminded of uh, all those warnings uh, from my dad and from my grandparents. Yeah, not just in America, but like really mainstream stuff, especially this last you know few weeks. I feel like we've seen a lot of really mainstreamed anti-Semitism, like when you're watching Alex Jones push back on on Kanye, it's like, oh, my gosh. Like like you said, I feel like I was flippant about it as a young person, too. Like that could never happen here. That could never happen again. And and does feel like we're seeing, you know, some really terrifying echoes of that. Absolutely. Well, I saw someone on social media say uh, to know high was to love him. And that seems to be the consensus from everyone I've seen uh, across the board. And, you know, we should all be so lucky that when we die, everybody everybody comes out saying, like, what a beautiful, wonderful person uh, you are. So I thought that was a very moving, all the tributes. Yeah, I just want to say one more quick thing about Hi. I never got to meet him, um, but we almost crossed paths. He worked at Boise State Public Radio for years. That was actually how he and his wife came to Boise originally in 2001. And I used to work there. Heath used to work uh, there too. Um, and so I know from uh, our former colleagues, I heard just the the best things about Hi as somebody uh, who everybody loved. So he will definitely be missed in our community. Well, thanks for everything, Hi. And uh, moving on to a story, Heath, I know you've been following and tweeting. Former President Trump recently called for the termination of the Constitution, saying in a Truth Social post, a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, and even those found in the Constitution. Heath, I saw that you tweeted that you were curious to see the far-right reaction to Trump's explicit assault on the Constitution. What has that response been? Well, it's mostly been crickets, to be honest, uh, which is uh, pretty interesting because a lot of the far right sort of hangs their hat on being you know, the defenders of the Constitution, at least as they see the Constitution. But mostly, I think it puts them in a very uncomfortable position because when your whole thing is we have to be strict constitutionalists and we can't leave it up to interpretation, the Constitution is, is the law of the land your former president and current frontrunner for 2024 says, eh, you know, let's just get rid of the Constitution for now. You're kind of in the position of either saying, yeah, I support throwing away the Constitution to put a politician in power, or you have to come out very strongly against someone that you've supported. Uh, and we've seen that in Idaho. You know, we've seen that there's some there's some incoming far right lawmakers and some outgoing, more moderate ones. Uh, Greg Cheney is one of the the moderates who is uh, he's still in his seat until January, but uh, but he lost his bid to to get to the Senate. And he he actually criticized Trump, but he's much more in the middle. And when he criticized Trump, I noticed uh, an incoming far right lawmaker, Senator elect Brian Lenny, he jumped on him and basically just sort of attacked him personally but didn't actually address the uh, the subject of what, what Trump said. So I find that silence to be to be really, really telling. Uh, nationally, we've seen numerous Republican lawmakers come out against Trump's comments, but I feel like we haven't really heard much at all from Idaho legislators. Like, I thought maybe we might hear something from Crapo, but like you said, crickets, nothing from anyone. Well, I think there's two things. I think a lot of people on the right legitimately support Donald Trump. I think a lot of people also are extremely scared of upsetting his base. 
his base is certainly a, a minority in the country, but it can be a make or break base in a Republican primary. So, I mean, I think part of this is just political survival. Um, we've seen a lot of politicians who, you know, may or may not like everything Trump says, who have very much endorsed him in public, I think, because they fear losing their seat. And we've certainly seen that. And in Idaho, I would say I would say it'd be really difficult to win most primaries, Republican primaries in Idaho, if you were against Trump. Oh, 2024 is going to be very interesting, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Heath, I'm just curious, what do you think the um, purpose of posting this on Truth Social was? Do you feel like there's any significance, like why he chose that to be the place where he would come out and say this? Well, I think he posted on Truth Social partly because that's his, basically his Twitter. Uh, it's a very friendly place for him to post things and get uh, a lot of adulation. I think there is a practical matter, though. I mean, when he posts something like that, we should take it seriously. I think he genuinely wants to be put back in power. And, you know, I had a little back and forth with um, Idaho 3% militia leader Eric Parker on this on Twitter of like, well, hey, he's saying he's going to throw out the Constitution. Isn't this what you guys train to oppose? And he kind of parried and said, you know, I'm not a constitutional expert. But I bring that up because, you know, I don't think this is a hypothetical question with Trump. We had Trump try to stay in office. He wanted to overturn an election. And he had a violent mob in the Capitol trying to do his bidding on January 6, 2020. So I don't think it's hypothetical. And when he posts something like that, I think we should take it seriously. Because when he posts it on True Social, there's a lot of folks on that site who see that and want to take action. Well, let's turn to public health. I think we all want to think COVID, you know, wasn't going to be an issue this winter, but I think maybe that's not going to be the case. How are things looking, Frankie? Things are trending definitely not as great as they were just a couple weeks ago, which is not a surprise given that Thanksgiving was was recent. So, of course, people gathered and that always gathered indoors. That always brings out the, the virus. Um, you know, it's hospitalizations, thankfully, aren't uh, particularly going up, um, uh, not nearly as quickly as we've seen in previous years in Idaho um, or in Boise, for that matter. But yeah, COVID's here. COVID is happening in Boise. We're seeing it get spread around. I'm hearing anecdotally about people getting COVID. Um, maybe you are too, Emma. Mm -hmm. um, and so definitely still something to be aware of and to take precautions around. But what's complicating it is that we also have flu happening at this really high rate. And then we'll talk about RSV later, but there's also that too. So there's like a triple-demic, I think is what the CDC was calling it earlier. And it's it's happening around the country and it's, it's definitely happening here. Um, just a quick reminder for people uh, as far as symptoms with COVID, because maybe if you're one of the few who hasn't had it yet, um, also symptoms have kind of changed throughout the pandemic, right? So uh, right now, if you're um, uh, vaccinated, uh, most likely you're going to have like sore throat, runny nose, cough, headache. For people who are unvaccinated, fever is the symptom uh, along with those other ones that might pop up. So worth paying attention and getting tested. And um, as far as flu goes, we wrote, uh, wrote about this recently in our Hey Boise newsletter. Um, but yeah, according to CDC data, Idaho has is like all in this very high transmission category as of November 26th. Um, flu's everywhere. 
flu's really bad this year and should also be taken seriously. Yeah, it's a nasty one. I know a couple people who've gotten it have been really laid out. So, but it's December. If, for people who are like, oh, it's too late, you know, to get a flu shot, too late to get a booster. Is is that true? Can people still take steps to protect themselves? Absolutely. Definitely not too late. Um, and you can get vaccinated for both flu, for COVID. If you haven't had any COVID shots yet, absolutely get it now. And then if you aren't up to date on uh, your boosters, uh, those are also available. We'll put a link in the show notes, but vaccines.gov is the website where you can just go and get a shot. It takes, you know, five minutes. It's uh, really fast. Not many lines <laughs> around Boise because <laughs> we need more people to, to be getting these uh, shots to get protected. And um, also to note that, hey, masking is still like super, it's one of the best things you can do, easiest things you can do. And um, you can protect yourself and people around you if you wear a mask. So keep that in mind. I mean, we're, we're gathering with uh, elderly folks, family. Uh, if you're feeling sick, just don't go. Just don't do it. It's, it's not worth it. Yeah. Can I just jump in with a quick PSA on the on the COVID front? Because I yes, just please. found this out. So um, just FYI, you know, tests are, tests are expensive, I know, and, and that can stop people from getting them. You can actually, some insurance will get you free tests. I just found this out uh, by accident. Um, when I went to get some COVID tests, they're like, oh, you might be covered, actually. So check. Check your insurance. Um, I get like eight free tests a month, like, so, oh, so really? That's it's, amazing. It's, it's a lot of money, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So people, if you're if you're like, oh, I can't afford a test, see, maybe you can actually get some free tests and, and just keep them handy uh, whenever you need them. Oh, that's really good. And I just want to say, I know I've heard a lot of people say they didn't get the new newest booster uh, because they, they were like, oh, I got knocked down pretty hard the last two times. You know, I got boosted and I just don't have time. Um, I'm a huge baby. I have the weakest little system. I'm a, a real delicate flower. And uh, I got this flu and COVID booster together a few months ago. Felt a little sore, felt a little tired, went to bed a little early. Totally fine after that. Get that booster. And let's, uh, you were, Frank, you brought up RSV. Let's talk about that. I feel for parents with young children. Uh, Heath, I know you have a 10-month-old. RSV seems really scary right now. Yeah, really scary. And so, yeah, flu and, and COVID, we've mostly been talking about them. Of course, they can affect um, children too, but RSV really is uh, just... It's just bad this year. It's bad, again, bad uh, around the country, part of that triple-demic uh, that the CDC was talking about. But And in Idaho, we're seeing the numbers. We're seeing basically a peak that's happening earlier. Um, that might not mean that necessarily it'll be bad the rest of the season. Maybe we're peaking soon and then it'll come down quicker than normal. Pretty sad stories about St. Luke's, you know, is the only children's hospital in the, the state. And it's just jammed. Um, a couple weeks ago, even uh, at one point, um, there were so many patients that they had to that transfer a couple of kids um, to another facility. So I uh, feel for all the parents out there. Uh, Heath, how, how's your kiddo doing? Is she been okay oh, so man. far? <laughs> she, she's, she's been fine. But let me tell you, as the father of a 10-month-old who wants his 10-month-old to, you know, meet other kids and socialize right. and, you know, do all those things that you need to do to become a functional human, it's a little tough because I really, I don't want to wrap up my, my daughter in, in bubble wrap, but right. also there's some pretty awful stories about RSV, especially with younger kids. And 
you know, she had COVID a while ago. We did our best to keep her away from that, but that happened. And I already have a little parent guilt about that, even though, you know, I realize that like everybody's getting COVID, but right, it's a tough choice. We're, we're trying to basically keep her away from it as much as we can without having her completely isolated from, from everybody. So I don't know. So far it's worked. We'll see. Yeah, that's such a hard call. And especially with what we're learning about how repeated infections make you more prone to long COVID. I think it's so scary. Like my kids, you know, they're all in school and and schools aren't masking. And I've just, and I've sort of you have to resign yourself to like they're going to get it. We're going to get it. But it's certainly very scary. Well, let's all stay healthy. <laughs> let's, say, let's do our best. Yeah, yes. masking up yes. over here yes. and let's try to stay healthy. Well, let's uh, let's end on something fun. Um, I wanted to ask you both, what winter activity are you excited for? I think what I'm most looking forward to is snowshoeing into a wild hot spring. Oh, that's the best. Dang. That's two for one. one. Yeah, that's yeah. a good combo. <laughs> and not posting where I am to keep it to keep it a secret. <laughs> Send it to me because I'm always curious to see, you know, like where people are going. But yeah, don't post it. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't post it on Hot Spring Share or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds perfect and very, very nice. Frankie, what about you? Uh, I mean, he stole mine. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> That's like literally what I want to do this weekend if I can. Um, yeah, I need to find my snowshoes. That's that's a mental note I'm just making for myself. They're somewhere deep buried uh, in a closet or something like that. I haven't gone in a little while. That would be a really good activity this winter is a little snowshoeing, maybe a little uh, hot beverage uh, uh, to to take with me in a thermos. That sounds so nice. I can't wait to go cross-country skiing. Um, I didn't go at all last year. I was so busy and I just never got around to it. And um, my skis are like from the 70s and uh, so are my boots. And that's what I've asked for for Christmas is new cross-country skis and boots. So I'm very excited to get out and do that. That's one of my favorite activities, just the quiet of it. And it's a very sweaty uh, hard working yes. activity. It's really good to just like get your body moving like that and, and work through some stuff. So I'm excited for that. Thanks for listening to CityCast Boise this week. The show is produced by Frankie Barnhill and Evelyn Avitia with help from Jennifer Jarrett. Blake Hunter writes our Hey Boise newsletter and I'm Emma Arnold. Our music is by All the Kimonos and local band Up Is The Down Is The. We'll be back Monday with an ode to downtown Boise this holiday season. See you then.